Hey, hockey fans, welcome to Across the Pond, Hong Kong's first and only hockey podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ivany, and tonight I'm back at the beautiful Sunset Studio. And tonight's episode is brought to you by the China Hockey Group. Tonight's program is brought to you by the China Hockey Group. The CHG is a family-focused group of ice hockey leagues, training programs, and community initiatives. They focus on the growth of hockey in Hong Kong and southern China, as well as the development of student-athletes, where sporting goals are achieved alongside educational pursuits. The CHG is comprised of a number of hockey programs. Established in 2011, the CIHL is Hong Kong's elite adult hockey league. The Junior Tigers program is Hong Kong's premier youth hockey organization, featuring the Scotia Bank Island League and Learn to Play and Learn to Skate programs. The SCIHL is an adult league for those seeking a more recreational experience. In addition, the CHG showroom is the exclusive reseller of Bauer Warrior hockey equipment and offers services including skate sharpening and fittings. For more information and links to their social media sites, go visit ChinaHockeyGroup.com. That's ChinaHockeyGroup.com. So folks, again this week we have no CIHL updates to talk about because the league is currently shut down due to the COVID-19 pandemic and restrictions put on by the government. So hopefully um, we'll have some hockey to talk about here in a few weeks' time. But as of right now, it's not looking like we'll be back in the rinks uh, anytime in the next, uh, before the end of February, maybe. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. And uh, yeah, so let's get to tonight's guest. Tonight's program is brought to you by AccessoryHouseGlobal.com. Are your headphones falling apart? Or does your cable do that annoying thing where it only plays sound from one ear? Then maybe it's time for an upgrade. Accessory House Global is your one-stop shop for premium headphone accessories. They specialize in ear pads, headbands, carrying cases, and audio cables. Whether you have Bose, Sony, Sennheiser, Beats, Fostex, Denon, or even a set of high-end focal headphones, they've got you covered. All across the pond, hockey podcast listeners get 20% off their first purchase. Use the code AHG20OFF at the checkout and boom, you're sorted. You can check them out on YouTube or at the real AHG on Instagram. Check out their website at accessoryhouseglobal.com and take your first step to reviving your audio experience. All right, my guest tonight is from the small town of Petawawa, Ontario. He grew up playing the game he loved in a number of Canadian towns and cities. After being drafted by both the Hawkesbury Hawks, fifth overall, and by the Kingston Frontenacs of the OHL, he set off to start his junior career in Hawkesbury at the age of 18, or sorry, at the age of 16. Three years later, he moved east to join the mighty Halifax Mooseheads of the QMJHL and ended his playing career after five successful seasons with the Dalhousie Tigers in the CIS. He's now living in Hong Kong, tearing up the CIHL and working as a private equity analyst at Excelsior Capital Asia. Please welcome to the studio, Mr. Jesse Lucier. 
How are you, Jess? Hey, glad to be here. What an intro that was. Yeah, I screwed it up, of course. <laughs> hey, whatever. <laughs> first time back, COVID rules, whatever. That's right. Yeah, this is the first time back in the studio, and welcome to the studio. Um, your first time here as well. And welcome to Hong Kong. You're a newbie here. Yep, newbie to the studio, newbie to the city. Yeah, and how are you feeling about that? I mean, you came at a weird time. But um, what are your overall thoughts so far? Yeah, uh, you know, this is only my second time ever in Asia. First time in, in Hong Kong. Um, coming to a new city and then having to quarantine for two weeks. Yep. It's kind of a, an ultimate teaser where, where you're looking out the window. You just want to go explore. But, you know, it, we were pretty lucky when I first got here. Things were kind of opened up. Restaurants yeah. were opened up. We were able to kind of go around and you know, see the city for a bit. And, um, but so far it's been awesome, really. I mean, I know, you know, everyone says, oh, wait till you see a pre-COVID, but you know, this is my first experience. And as far as it goes, it's so far, it's been awesome. That's good to hear. Um, so let's go all the way back to your childhood, Jess. I know you, uh, grew up in a military family. Uh, tell me a little bit about that because uh, it's something that's pretty uh, interesting for me because I, I don't really don't know anything about what it's like to grow up in a, and be moving around like that all the time. So tell me about your childhood. Yeah, it's so, I mean, it, it's certainly different than, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of different families in a lot of different countries and cultures, and it's a lot different than a lot of people. Um, you know, so essentially you, you move from town to town every two to three years, um, you know, when I talk to people who say they, they've been in the same house their entire yeah. life, it's such a foreign concept to me because, you know, every two years you're, we'd go to a new town and you have to make all new friends. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and then I, I have two older brothers and we're relatively close in age. So, you know, some people want to, every time they talk about their siblings, they don't talk about them as close friends. But yeah. for us, that that's all we had. You go to a new town and it was either you hang out with your brothers or you don't hang out with anybody. Right. So, you know, we were lucky to do that. And um, Did they also play hockey? Yep, my two older brothers played hockey. Uh, I owe them a lot of credit too. Um, maybe jumping ahead a little bit yeah, here. but that's okay. Um, when, when I was uh, kind of in minor hockey, when things really start to ramp up in minor midget, especially mm-hmm. in Ontario, yeah. uh, my dad was gone to Afghanistan at the time. And, uh, you know, so it was just my mom running us. And, you know, I was the, the AAA team was was in Ottawa. It was about two hours away. And both my brothers kind of said, okay, we won't play this year. We're going to do something different so you can so we can have right. more time wow. for you. And so, yeah, I definitely owe a lot of hockey to, to my two older brothers. And, of course, your mom actually probably deserves a lot of credit. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. She, hockey moms are the best. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, moms are the best in general, but there's something special about hockey moms. Oh, yeah. I think hockey moms, especially military wives, yeah, I think go course. even a step a further. special combo. Oh, yeah. man. It, it was uh, – she was awesome. You know, I like, can I only remember imagine. Yeah. coming home off the bus and we'd have to – I'd have to fly and she'd have – two kids you know two other kids and you know she just you know for a big part of my childhood she was mom and dad my right. dad was gone a lot yeah like everyone's dad in the military has gone a lot so yeah yeah no definitely can't thank her enough she's gonna love listening to this too because <laughs> she's always great. like oh you never talk about me but mom yeah you you were awesome for me and yeah. uh, i probably wouldn't have done anything if it wasn't for you so yeah shout out to your mom and all the hockey moms out there um so obviously you were playing hockey at a very young age was that a way for you to connect with people when you moved from town to town and being, you know, being a good player was probably a plus, um, you know, a way to make friends right away. Yeah, definitely. You, you go to a new town. So in the military, you would, you know, you get posted and uh, you'd go in summers because that's obviously when kids aren't in school. So yeah, you'd go to a new town, whether it's July or, or whatever. Um, and again, you would have no friends until school would start. But when it really took off, 
was when hockey got started and you know, like you yeah. said it, it helps being being good and you know but again in, helps to fit in I guess. yeah exactly yeah. and you, you get to make a whole new friend group mm-hmm. instantly and um but that's whether you're playing at a high level though or, or in house league i think anytime you play in a, on a hockey team yeah you just get a group of 25 friends or 20 friends every whatever time. it is yeah it's a great way to every time yeah, yeah and then but you know by october you're you're going over to friends for sleepovers right. and stuff like that it just it really helps getting into a new town for sure so was that something that you were able to get used to and like your parents i'm sure were very open with you guys you knew what you were you knew what was coming next like you know you just get settled but you knew that you were probably going to have to move somewhere in a couple of years time and or was there ever a time where you thought maybe we're going to get to stay here yeah i mean it, it you know, some people like I get this question a lot, yeah. and, and I just say, "Well, this is how it was. That's like, just, this is yeah. just normal. Like, hey right. guys, so listen, we're we're moving across the country again, and it mm-hmm. wasn't. Oh man, I, I'm gonna miss all my friends. Like, well, I'll make new friends. And yeah, that's you cool, know, man. like yeah. I think the older we got, the t- tougher it got. Um, you know, my there was periods of time where my dad would get posted, and then you know, like for one example, it was Wainwright, Alberta, which is a tiny little town. Yeah, like I think my mom went there. My mom and dad went on a house hunting trip and my mom showed up and like they didn't have like a tim hortons or like a anything she was like yeah so we're not living here but (laughs) i'd make her sound bad but she was also thinking of my two older brothers who were in high school and they're gonna graduate with all their friends so she's about how tough it was yeah exactly so but yeah to answer your question it was just yeah that was normal Mm -hmm. so and you know you make new friends and it's just kind of stuck with me ever since right and like you said your 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 parents or your brothers kind of sacrificed some of their time uh, to give it to you so you could have time to play, to play hockey especially. But um, was that kind of something that you, um, your, your brothers wanted to do for you because they thought you had a chance at being like you know, the best player in the family or was it just something they knew they had to do because uh, it was really tough on your mom at the time? Yeah, I think um, so. For the way I grew up was we never really had – anyone in our family who played an elite level of hockey. And right. we weren't really even familiar with what yeah. happens after minor hockey. And, you know, I remember at a young age, like I would go and watch my brothers, you know, I was playing triple A sure. And yeah. they were playing maybe house league or, or B or a, Yeah. but I just remember going to watch them and then them being my favorite players. But right. I think once I was playing triple A and, um, you know, especially once we got to the minor midget ranks and, you know, even still thinking back to those days, like, I now know how it works, but, yeah. you know, there'd be scouts in the crowd or people in suits, like agents going to talk to kids after, mm-hmm. but I was just so disillusioned, but I was just, here I am going to play in the rink, but yeah, yeah no, my brothers were, were, were fantastic, and I think it was part of it for sure, but. Did you feel any pressure to join the military at that time of your life, or were you, were you really focusing on hockey? Yeah, I mean, my parents were always great, and just even the community was great um, about really trying to to grow who you are yourself and Mm -hmm. you know my whole family is a military family extent like grandparents aunts uncles my oldest brother's now in the military Mm -hmm. and there was never any hey okay by the time you graduate high school you're going in the army no no no, that's that's not how it worked it was you know it's always there for you but we're working this hard to try to create something for you and uh i can't thank my my parents enough and all these guys enough to it was never a, a a thing that Hey, this is what the family business kind of thing, but right. yeah, no, I never had that pressure, and it was always, hey, really try to if you're gonna go for something, you really work at it, and yep. you know, can't go half, you know, effort into it, mm-hmm. and but yeah, no, 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 ever no pressure from the entire family, even though that's kind of what we all did, right? So you just said you uh, you started to get, you know, not 
you know, interested in hockey, but kind of, you know, uh, starting to see a little bit more of the, you know, what hockey could bring in your future when you were around 14, 15 years old playing minor midget. Um, what was your style of play then? Because I've only seen you play a few times, some clips here and there. Um, I Tell me a little bit about your style and has it changed since then? Yeah, I think at that age, it was always just being a, a two-way defenseman. And, right. you know, I would just... Really, my only experience of learning what other defensemen do would be watching hockey with my dad. You know, mm -hmm. we, we would look at defensemen, and it was always like kind of, we always had this saying, stop their attack and start our attack. So it was never kind of being an offensive driver, and that was even kind of before the time when offensive defensemen really right. started to kind of show themselves. Yeah. But in minor midget, I, again, I, I just, I would, that year, uh, which is a big year, mm -hmm. um, I think I was like, in the top three or four in defenseman scoring in the league, you know, behind guys like, you know, Gubranson's younger brother or yeah. a guy like that. But I, just, I didn't really even realize, you know, right. I, I didn't, again, I was still at the Wasn't phase. really on the radar. No, I was still at the phase where, yeah. hey, okay, we got hockey at Saturday afternoon <laughs> yeah. and then Saturday night, like I'm going to stay up all night and drink sodas and, yeah. you know, and hang out with my friends. Like yeah. it was never what's happening next year where, right. you know, in hindsight, I, I think, I, a lot of people were aware of that, but even my parents, like, you know, they would have scouts call them, or even that year I'd have, like, OHL scouts call on the phone, and they'd yeah. be like, hey, this is whatever from the London Knights. Yeah. Tell us, like, how you think about hockey. And I'm like, oh, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, And they're like, like well, wait, like, we're trying to interview you to potentially draft you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, no, I like hockey. Yeah. So <laughs> they're probably like, what's this kid? What's wrong with this kid? Yeah. Because we just had no real experience at it right and there's so many families where their kid is you know been being pushed and driven in that direction from yeah. a really young age so by the time the phone starts ringing the parents are well aware what's going on they're like well i'll tell you about my kid yeah, yeah exactly. he's going to be the captain of this <laughs> team yeah, yeah my, exactly. my parents were always just you know for them it was always just be a good teammate mm -hmm. good character yeah. is way more important than being the guy who's scoring all the goals totally and, you know that was always the message and that wasn't just a message for my parents that's kind of the message in a military community you know right. if you're if you're acting up at your friend's house like their dad or mom's gonna give you a you know a talking to and then you right. gotta go home and then you gotta deal with your oh, own parents yeah, so it's worse. just yeah you know it's just kind of a, a a weird parallel like that yeah so um you obviously had a good year minor midget and you were getting some attention you get drafted so you get double drafted into the you get drafted into junior a um and you also got drafted by the kinks and frontenacs um first of all when you get drafted were you right away like excited to for the prospect of leaving home and heading to another town to play hockey yeah i mean so so it's kind of a funny story so the ohl draft i mean i played with guys in the league and, and when you go to toronto you'd play against the very best at that age so you yeah. kind of knew who the guys that were going to be well this guy's going to be playing the ohl next year yeah i knew i wasn't going to be that guy i think i ended up getting drafted in the 10th or 11th round i remember yeah. everyone knew the date yeah you know the first <clears throat> first round mm -hmm. you know it's televised or whatever and then the rest of the rounds are just online. And mm -hmm. So my dad and I were set up, you know, it's like second round and we're watching. We're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe you got a few teammates drafted and then it goes third, fourth, fifth. And I'm just sitting there, okay, I'm not watching this anymore. I'm going to play basketball with my friends wherever. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to probably play, but the junior A draft was something we weren't even aware of, to tell you the truth. Like, at least I wasn't. I, the day of the draft. Right. Is it after the O draft? I think it might have been before i could be wrong and now it's yeah. this is a number of years ago now but the day of the draft i i was at a soccer tournament like a high school soccer tournament whereas like all my teammates and the guys from the auto league were all at this draft right and i 
you know, I had my mom had given me her cell phone for the day. Yeah. And I, I grab it and I look at it. I'm getting texts out of control from all my teammates saying, where are you? Where are you? Like, this team's going to draft you in the first round. Like, you know, newspapers want to talk to you and stuff. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like, first round? What? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And here I am at a soccer tournament with all my buddies. And so, yeah, like, and then I get drafted by a team. Like, I didn't even know I was drafted. So I get home right. that night and my mom comes home and we get drafted by, you know, the Hawksbury Hawks. And we didn't even know where Hawksbury was. Like, <laughs> my mom's like, because my dad was gone at the time. She, yeah. You know, she was like, what do we do? Like, and then because my last name is Lucier, it's a French last name. Hawksbury is mm -hmm. a French town. Very close to the border, right? Yeah, yeah. It's right on the border of, Munch, uh, right. of Quebec. Yeah. They called me and they're like, you know, they, 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 they start speaking French, like, bonjour, Jesse, like, yeah. come on. And I'm like, hey, listen, like, I don't know who this is, but I don't speak French. <laughs> Click. This is the team that just drafted me. Oh, and I just no. hung up on them. They're like, <laughs> oh, no. The guy calls back. He's like, listen, don't hang up. Yeah. This is an important phone call for you. <laughs> yeah. So I was just, I was so. Telemarketing. Yeah, yeah. I was just so, I had no idea really what was going on. So it was, uh, it's kind of funny looking back on it now, but. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so you head off to Hawkesbury. Um, tell me a little bit about the town. We know, well, I had to look it up as well. I know it's close to the border. Um, so you're pretty fresh. Heading into a junior A town, you know, you're going to play with 20-year-olds, yep. uh, some tough customers in junior A. What was your first uh, impressions of Hawkesbury? Yeah, I just even the, you know, growing up, the way I grew up, we had a very tight family. Every night you'd come home for dinner, your mm -hmm. parents would ask you, how's your day? All that kind of stuff, your brothers were there. I was the first one to leave home. I'm the youngest one in my family. Yeah. So I just remember we went to training camp. My parents drove me there. It was like for two days they met with the billets and then just one day they drive me to the rink and they're like, okay, we'll see you at Christmas time. And they just drove home. And, and were you and, a billet family? Were you staying with a family? Yeah, yeah, because my okay. parents had gotten posted. So I, I was too far away from home and, I, and that was it. We'll see you at wow. Christmas time. And, but the game completely changed for me and I owe a lot of credit, I think, to the guys on that team. We weren't a great team. We struggled that year. But we had some really good veteran guys who really, I think, took me under their wing. Here, because being on the other side of it as a twenty, you can you can tell when when sixteen year olds they they don't know what they're doing. Some yeah. guys now, especially now, they just come in. They're pro they're prospects already. Yeah. yeah, they already know everything. But for me, this was the first time I didn't know anything. So I'm living now. I'm living at a house with a seventeen year old and then a, one of the twenty year olds on the team. Yeah. One day they come home. All right, you're sixteen. You got to do the laundry. And I I had to call home. Be like, mom, how do I do laundry? I got to do the laundry for these guys. I have no idea how to do it. And she was like, <laughs> okay, let me walk you through it. And, yeah. you know, so my, my billets that first year were fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, it was tough. Like it was tough being away from home. That was the hardest part. And to tell you the truth, I thought the hockey was the easy part, you right. know, being on the ice. And yeah, a lot of people say that. And like, you know, I don't think the billet families and the whole situation of billets is not something that gets talked about enough because it, it drives junior hockey across our entire country, across the entire country of Canada without billet families. I don't know. I don't know if there'd be half of the junior hockey that there that there is. No question. I think they're an integral part of, Amazing of the people. entire yeah. infrastructure. And, yeah. you know, these are people that, you know, like you look at my parents, they're giving up their, their youngest, their baby boy, you know. Yeah. They're giving them now at a very still impressionable age, and he's yeah. got a lot of learning to do. And, listen, you're now responsible for my son. And, yeah. You know, so, yeah, billet families are all great. I've had a tremendous experience with billets. Yeah. I've done it, you know, from 16 to 21, I, I lived – at a different house, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, 100%. They were awesome. Keith and Donna are my billets in Hawkesbury. Um, 
you know, both newfies, fantastic oh, wow. people. Yeah, awesome. both newfies. They were awesome, and uh, it was a it was a great year. Yeah, a lot of learning that year, but it was uh, it was a great development year for sure. Did you go to any other camps? Did you end up going to Frontenac's camp or rookie camp? Yeah, so that year Kingston was actually a really good team. Yeah, um, they had like Ryan Spooner on the team, yeah. uh, Gubranson. Uh, they had a guy uh, S- uh, Moon or something. Like that. Anyway, they were a really really good team, and they were making a run. Yeah. Um, so the camp was great. I mean, I was there for the classic tw- uh, 48 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to meet uh, Doug Gilmore, and you know, like I said, go have a great year this year and next year. You know, we'll see yeah. what happens. So that was my first real experience of like an elite level. I, I was able to go to a U16 Hockey Canada camp, which was great, but yeah. that was my first experience of like, oh, this is what the machine is like. You know, I get this great big rink. Because, you know, Junior A rinks, yeah. some of them are... Small town rinks. Yeah, old school. Jam-packed. Right? But, you know, you go to, I think it's the, called the K-Rock Center in Kingston. Yeah. And it, you know, this was a huge rink. And, yeah. you know, you got the logos. And, you know, it was that was really, really cool. And I think that's when my eyes started to open of, the hockey world whereas yeah. before it was just like i said you, okay you show up to the rink an hour before you got a pizza right. pizza and but right. then it started to really become something more than that so like you right is that the point where you really just started for the first time took it seriously like were you training hard like when you were 14 15 like i can't wait to for hockey season next year were you playing other sports just being a regular kid and you happen to be good at hockey yeah 100 percent. like yeah. it and you know, I hear this debate all the time of multi-sport, multi-sport. Yeah. For me, gonna, it was like I, I when, got the, that in the, notes here. when the season ended, <laughs> Yeah, it was like you put you your, your gear underneath. Yeah, you yeah. put the gear underneath the, the stairs. Yeah. And for us, it was soccer. soccer and, it is. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, come, I think it was like September 1st, me and my brothers would be, we'd go downstairs and we'd all try on our gear. See what fits. See what fits. And so my <laughs> older brothers would need new stuff and they're like, okay, that yeah. doesn't fit him anymore. Then give it to the youngest. Yeah. So then I'd be wearing my older brother's shoulder pads. and. Oh yeah. it's I have two older brothers, man. It's, we're in the same boat. Yeah. And I mean, even at, even at, uh, you know, minor midget, even after getting drafted, I, you know, I, I, I would, I'd show up to the thing and, you know, this was the first time we were really training. We had this cool thing in my high school, grade nine and 10 though, it was, they called it high performance sports where yeah. so you had to like try out for this thing. So we were actually exposed to some weight training and we did it correctly and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was probably our best thing, but no way I was ever training and thinking, oh, next year I want to be able to skate faster, squat right. more. It's like first day of training. Working on box jumps. Yeah, first day of training camp. It's like you're, you're putting your skates back on. Every time I remember my dad would be like, geez, dude, you weren't very good today. Like, are you trying to make this team? Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it was, uh, that, that, and that was give it. Me a, give me a few games, Even dad. Even about halfway yeah. through my 16 year, you know, like it was still a process to learn what it's like to be a hockey player full time. And I oh, think yeah. that was a learning experience for me. Most people don't make it through the learning experience. No. And I think, you know, so I played junior A until I was about 19. Yeah. And then I went to the Mooseheads. Yeah. And then that experience just really Whole took new Then I got to see what it's actually like to yeah. be, you know, an NHL caliber prospect. Right. And, and it just, it blew my mind. How they treat you. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Before we get to your time in Halifax, um, you talked a little bit about Hawkesbury and you know getting your your feet wet in uh, junior hockey. Um, you moved you moved around to a couple other teams. Is that was that common in that league? Guys moved around, shuffled around a little bit. Yeah, I think in most junior A leagues that, yeah, that's quite it seems common. Like it's yeah, common. and you know it's um, I I had I had asked for a trade out of Hawkesbury um, to just to, I was my parents had moved back to Ottawa. Right. Um, I wanted a, a kind of a different opportunity. This is my seventeen year. Yeah. And then my set, uh, I played in Kempville for 
a year and a half. The Kempville 73s. Yeah, the Kempville 73s. An amazing name. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about it off yeah. air, but I have no idea why they're called the That's 73s. That's a great name. Yeah, I probably yeah. should, but yeah, no. Was, so you were there for a year, year and a half? year and a half, and uh, I was actually lucky there to my defense partner at the time was Ben Hutton, who okay. played in Vancouver yeah. in L.A. He was awesome. Um, and then I played with the, uh, Blaine Byron, um, who uh, he went to Maine, had a great career at Maine, and now he's kind of in the uh, pro ranks. I think he's in Springfield last time right. I checked. So we got to play with some really good players. Of course, yeah. Um, Smith Falls, you also went to Smith Falls. Yeah, so my last year before making the jump at the deadline, Smith Falls was making a run for right. it. Okay, I was wondering if that and was And they picked me and, and Blano up. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out too well for us. I broke my ankle first round. Oh, and, no. Uh, yeah, it didn't work out great. Horrible. But, yeah. So then you get to move to God's country. The East Coast of Canada. Uh, you're 19. Um, so Halifax Mooseheads give you a call. Like how? I know you talked. Uh, you had a, you had an agent who, who uh, sorry, your agent um, was the same agent as uh, Mackenzie Weger, who was in Halifax at the time. So is that how kind of how that started? And and what, at the time, like you said, you know, you mentioned uh, to me before that you were thinking about NCAA. Uh, so how did the hap- how did that happen between? You may have to make a decision all of a sudden between not getting a scholarship, maybe playing NCAA somewhere still, or getting a chance to go play in how, like a, a really good Halifax team. Yeah, so essentially you have two paths, right? You can play major junior, you can yeah. go NCAA, you know, as you know. Yeah. Um, and for me, once I, once I went to Kingston at 17, so after my first year, once I went back and I didn't make the team, I, I I figured you know what what probably best for me is to to go for the NCAA route. Right. So at 17 I played. I was getting some interest. 18 I played. I was getting some more interest, and then, you know, it kind of just kept falling through, and I never really had. So here I am now, 19, not really getting a lot of NCAA interest. Right. And, you know, a big reason why you know for our listeners, especially young listeners out yeah. there, um, a big reason for it was was school. Yeah. Was it wasn't the hockey? The hockey part people loved it, but. You know, it wasn't I was even a bad student. You know, I had relatively decent grades, but it was just getting harder and harder to go to NCAA. And, yeah. you know, we were in a position where we couldn't, we, you know, my family, we couldn't support a, you know, a, a half scholarship where it was just so expensive. And, yeah. But, you know, I, I started to kind of fall in love with the junior lifestyle. You know, I, it was it was fun and great, mm-hmm. but, you know, it ended up costing me, you know, some scholarship opportunities. And so at 19 in the summer, going into my 19 year, I just remember thinking, geez, what, what am I going to do? Like, I'm now 19. There, there's a new crew of guys who are guys who are younger than me, and even yeah. guys in the league who I saw, we were kind of the same type of player. We're getting, you know, recruited, and I wasn't. I go, geez, what, what am I going to do? So, um, I'm lucky enough that that yeah, my agent at, at the time they're called advisors because I mean I don't pay them. I don't think we ever paid them. So right, he was advisors. just an awesome guy. Yeah, yeah. just um, a friend with some connections. Honestly, yeah. and uh, you know he the year before Mackenzie and I were, were pretty close. <clears throat> He went up to Halifax, just had an incredible year. Yeah. The team won the Memorial Cup. They had an incredible season. Yeah. And uh, so so Matt Ebbs, he was like, okay, we can get your tryout, and then you can go down and try out for the team. And that's what I did. I just show up to camp. You know, they invited me and 40-man yeah. roster, and I just had to go to tryouts, like, a, you know, back in AAA or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, after playing three years in junior where you get comfortable in the league, you're one of the better players. This was like a, a big risk. And if it doesn't go well, then I, I really would have been in a, in a tight spot. But yeah, I went down there, tried out. And uh, I, 
I lived in Cole Harbor for a few years before, like growing up. We had okay. been posted that up there. That was one of your stations yeah. along the way? And so we knew the Mooseheads quite well. I knew the okay. city of Halifax really well, loved it, loved the East Coast. So when I was, when they told me, like, we want you to play on the team, I, it was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of a happenstance. My dad was gone, and my, my mom was living in New Brunswick at the time. And when I got the news, my dad was flying in that day. I don't even remember where he was flying in from, mm-hmm. but... So when he landed, he was like, how'd it go? Did you make the team? I go, yeah, I made the team. And he was like, yeah, oh, you know, so, really and they were in New Brunswick. So it just worked out really well where, you know, I was there now. This was the closest I had lived to home in, in quite a few years. So right. yeah, it, it was great. That's awesome, man. And like, um, you just, like you said, you were joining a really, really good hockey team. Uh, great coach. Um, really, you, like uh, we already mentioned Mackenzie Weger, but that was the Jonathan Drew and Nikolai Ehlers team. Um, Timo Meyer, yeah, Zach Fucali and that. This is an insane I mean, team. really, really good team. So tell me a little bit about, uh, yeah, playing with those guys. And yeah, well, we mentioned a little bit earlier yeah. talking about you know the the, the real hockey yeah. mindset, and you know, so in junior A was totally different. Like I went here, and you know, our coach was Dom Ducharme, who's now coaching in Montreal. Yeah, and. Like, even the first day of training camp was just so different than anything I'd experienced. Like, we were talking about how to properly play in the defensive zone. The next day would be, like, how to properly back check. Like, I remember calling my dad and be like, Dad, we're, we're watching a video on how to back check. Yeah. But How to get your body positioning in the it right, just like, like turn in the right way. Simple things, stick positions. Yeah. And, but the way Dom taught the game, right. taught me, it completely changed the way I look at hockey. The yep. way I understand the game, mm-hmm. getting to watch guys like Drew Ann and Nick Ellers and these guys, like it just changed everything for me. Like, I, if I didn't go to Halifax, there's no way I'd be. First of all, the player I am now. Yeah. Um, the the way I understand the game had completely changed, and yeah. I just every day you'd go to the rink. Like, I always told myself if I was ever going to be a coach. I'd coach identical to the way Dom Ducharme would, because yeah. he just he was an excellent leader, great communicator. Mm-hmm. You know, he he expected you to be a professional, but he treated you like one. It right. was just unbelievable, and and it helps when our team was really really good. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we that year we we went on like a seventeen game winning streak. Right. Whereas the years before that, all the junior teams I had, we we hadn't been very successful. Right. So it completely changed, and it was just a, a tremendous experience. And then the organization itself, like yeah, I, can't I was going to ask you about that. I mean, like at that level, all organi- all the organizations are great. Yeah. Um, but are there some recognized around the Q and around the O that are like, you know, these guys are just a little bit better? Yeah, I think it's almost unanimous. You get the London Knights, yeah. you get, you know, I think, Kitchener and the yeah. Quebec cities. and But, you know, these guys, like Halifax, and these teams, it's almost like the NHL. Every mm-hmm. team in the NHL is good and well-run, but, you know, there's the Maple Leafs, there's yeah, the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks, there's these guys, the Montreal Canadiens, because yeah. they're hanging on the wall. That's right, for you. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, just a, they're almost in a class of their own. And, mm-hmm. again, it's just... It's just classy, you know. The organization looks out. And so here I am. I'm a guy who, you know, I wasn't a star player on this team, but they mm-hmm. treated me like one, right. you know. And the, the community, as you know, in the East Coast, they, yeah. they kind of opened up this embrace. The, the, the fans, like, they loved you. And yeah. they just... Such great support in Halifax, oh, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as far as attendance goes, there's nothing better. Oh, yeah. And then that was the other really crazy part, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think I remember our, our opening weekend, you know, we play a game. And the next morning, we're going in for a morning skate. Yeah. Me and uh, we had a great car that we drive to in the into the uh, rink in, 
and we're at the Tim Hortons that we'd always go to. Mm-hmm. And then here I, I look at the newspaper, and then I'm on the cover of the newspaper, and people <laughs> yeah. are they're, they're, they're looking at me, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, this yeah. is crazy. So I grabbed five copies <laughs> yeah, and then left, ran. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, it was insane, and yeah. packed house every night. Um, you know, you got jerseys in the thing. My parents loved coming down. They'd bring yeah. their friends. It was just, it was a an awesome experience, not just for me, but all my family and yeah. the, the organization. First They're class. so uh, honestly yeah. first class. Yeah. yeah, I spent quite a bit of time around the team uh, over my years. Uh, when I lived in Halifax, I did my undergrad at SMU, and I was right. playing. I was playing junior B just outside of the city right. for a year, and a couple of my friends played on the team, so I didn't miss a game, and and you know just. You know, just just watching how the players were treated before and after the games, and the responsibilities that they had, and you know how they were they were beloved by the city it was just really special. And just you know, I kind of just followed along in their coattails, and then I ended up going to like um, to Saint Avex with to, with these guys, and 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 the same thing. You know, they're just continuing to do their day to day grind of being a hockey player, and and uh, it's just really cool to see how they were treated in Halifax. And I know being around the Cape Breton the Screaming Eagles franchise or the Eagles franchise now is very similar. I mean, and the East Coast. And I, I think it kind of has something to do with the town as well because, I mean, that's like the NHL for them. Oh, no question. If you're in Cape Breton or if you're in Halifax, yeah. I mean, we're, we're starved and, and we love we love hockey and, and that's that's what we got. So you're, you're the NHL in town. Yeah, when you're and, in you know, I think for me where, you know, I played in some, obviously, some smaller organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I appreciated it a lot more than maybe the average guy. Yeah. So I saw what kind of reach we had. I saw the power of what, you know, a guy like me could do going to play with kids, road hockey. and the Because mm-hmm. I was that kid, you know, yeah. like I was a kid that, yeah. oh, my God, a moose head came out to our practice. And because I knew the impact and effect that had on me as a child. Yeah. So totally. once I was in that spot, you know, I did as, I did as much work as I possibly could to whether it's the IWK hospitals mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the, again, you just see a local road hockey game and, you know, you show, yeah. And it was just, I remember, like I said, I remember the effect it had on me and then mm-hmm. being in that position. I loved it. I loved being able to bring that to as many kids as we could. And I always tried to be the guy who would talk to fans after games or mm-hmm. during warm up. you're throwing pucks over the thing. Just, you know, like little things. And it was awesome. It was awesome to be in that position. It was mm-hmm. awesome that the organization, supported you in that and of course and even long after i finished playing the organization has been great for me like uh you know the owner bobby smith has been awesome especially once i graduated and and went when covid and all this stuff he was great and just helping me along i did an internship with the team that was fantastic and yeah they've done an incredible job they do an incredible job for Mm -hmm. whether you're the nathan mckinnon of the organization or you're just Mm -hmm. a guy like me who who went through and played i think you know 100 games and, and moved on you know yeah, well, that's kind of probably what sets those teams apart. So um, I was going to ask you, what is it that you think sets, like, w- there's a lot of good junior players, like guys are just put up 100-point point seasons. They'll never play in the NHL. You know, they're just really good junior players. What sets apart those special junior players that end up being in the NHL and those guys that are, you're never going to hear of? Yeah, I think I think two things is that, and it's just, it's probably like this in any, in any field, the, the best players I've ever seen, it's not that every single day they wake up and they train until the second they fall asleep or yeah. they're practicing the second they fall asleep. But when they are going, they're going as hard and, and as, as fast. And and then when it's time to rest, they rest. And mm-hmm. they treat their bodies like a, like, like a machine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was never this insane Hercules efforts. It was just day in, day out, 
whether you're you consistent. Know, you think about it. Yeah. I mean, you go to work sometimes. You're not feeling. You're not feeling it. You're feeling a little tired. Mm. I know I'm doing yeah. it right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. But these guys would just always work. I remember Timo Meyer is a great example. Here's a guy who who came across across the pond. Mm-hmm. Shout out across the pond. That's right. He came from a, a little distance. Yeah. So he came into the Canadian game, which is a lot different than the European right. game. And I think his first year, he didn't struggle. I mean, he was 17. I think he had 35 points. He did pretty <laughs> yeah. well. Like, yeah. But. I think the expectation with Anam was a little bit higher, mm-hmm. and, and I I'll be the first one to admit to say hopefully Timo is not listening right now, yeah. but I'll be the first one to say like I didn't think he was gonna, you know, amount to much. Yeah. And I remember Nick Ellers in the car told me, "Listen, dude, you've Just never me. been more wrong on someone." And the next year he comes back, but here's a guy who every single day he'd get to the rink, mm-hmm. he'd have his routine, he would do his little workout, he'd go on the ice, and he, every practice I remember it used to tick me off like he would just go so hard in some drills and you're like, dude, just take it easy. But that's not what these guys do. Yeah. And so and that I, first year, like a culture shock, moving to a new oh, country, 100%, like so many things, 100%. language barrier. Yeah. Eating and he barely food. spoke English. Yeah. yeah. Living with a new family. Yeah. Anyway, so many things, the, you know, the next year he came back and, and Ellers was back too after mm-hmm. being drafted. And he just had an incredible, like he dominated him and Ellers just dominated. I think he went on going ninth overall. And now he just signed a, a huge deal. So, yeah. And he was, the whole time he was a great kid. So, But the second thing I'll say is there's so many great players, and every year there's just, they're getting younger and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. But to really be, you know, a lot of guys, when they're really good players in junior, they have to be first-line players. And then to make that transition to the NHL, you have to be a first-liner. So a good example is a guy like Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at his early career – he he's not the same player he was. That's right. You know. Yeah. Now, like he's not. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. But when he first came in, he you know he had a big frame. He was able to skate, play that third line role. Patrick Wall had him kind of almost in a grinder role. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these guys, they Can't just cannot play that role. So mm-hmm. I think that's where you see this. You know, guys, like, I cannot believe this guy didn't make the NHL. Mm-hmm. But to be a first line player, you have to be the very best of the very best. And then you think about it, you got to knock off one of the best first liners, you know, you got to knock off a first line player. Like, right. you know, you look, take any team in the league, like, you know, Calgary, if you want to be a first line winger, who, who spot are you going to take? Johnny yeah. Gaudreau? Are you better yeah. than Johnny Gaudreau? There's your option. So yeah. there you go. So I, it's just so hard, you know, to make it. I don't think it's a lack of effort or compete on some guys. It's just some guys, you know, they can't make it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not an easy, it's not an easy yeah. league to make. Well, I know when I talk to some scouts and, and they often talk about, they'll, they'll sometimes point out players during a game um, that maybe no, not everyone's noticing at the time because maybe they're not the flashy guy, but they're doing all the little things. They're winning battles. They're back in the defensive zone. They're in the right position. A lot of players that are people that are sitting in the stands don't see those things. They just see the points and the goals. And, you know, a player like that, the guy who's maybe, um, you know, flies a little under the radar in junior, but you know he's got the work ethic. He's doing all the little things. Is it just as easy at that point to see a guy and be like, oh, there's a guy that's got a shot. Like, there's someone who's going to make it. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's there's a few elements that go into it. It's just some guys just, they can fit into a role. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, I, I think skating is the most important thing. So if you get a guy who can actually skate well yeah. and he's got that good solid base, that, that, that structure, that balance, you know, he can shoot a puck, he can do all these things. And mm-hmm. those are the guys that you can kind of work with and fit into a role. And then, you know, you get guys that'll just be like, I'll do anything, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll go out there and get my face punched in. I'll yeah. go out there and bang bodies or chip pucks off the glass. You know, yeah. I just want to play on the team. And, 
so yeah, yeah. And, but and then the other side is is you know you get maybe a bigger framed guy or or um, guy who's kind of has this base who maybe in junior was playing a first line role and he was getting 80 90 points but then a team will take him and say you're not going to be that guy on this team but mm-hmm. you are going to be our penalty kill guy and and he'll just he'll understand the game in such a way and right the amount of guys that so some I, guys can do that and some guys can't right 100% yeah. 100% you know some guys just always relied on pure skill and right. natural feel for the game or they yeah. didn't have to understand it in a different way and yeah. I always wanted to be one of those guys yeah but you know it's uh yeah it, it is it, it's such a grind and um you know i think anyone in the nhl like just to really try to understand how good those guys are and had this sport like mm. it's it's amazing yeah it's hard to believe cuz there's so many people that are so close and yeah. they're just one chance or like one bad shift away you know yeah. from playing <laughs> in the true. nhl like it's true yeah so close so many people so um, let's get back to you here, Jess. You've just finishing up your final year in Halifax, and you get traded to Shakutami at the deadline. Another little connection there I got. I've been to Shakutami, spent six weeks there. Um, I'm, a, I'm a French teacher, and when okay. I was in university, I did a six-week uh, stage there where we right, right, right. We like learned. Uh, we did all kinds of outdoor activities. Move, living in a French community for the first time, yeah. totally French, like yeah. really French, extremely. Yeah, so like having to order food and go to restaurants and supermarkets in French, that was all new to me. Yeah, but a really cool little town. Um, beautiful scenery, the the river, and like you know, I just you know, I fell in love with it. I thought it was a really cool little place. So I was just wondering what what your thoughts were about Shikutami. Yeah, so I think to tell you the truth, I, this was probably the first time I had been traded in my career that I was shocked at the trade. I had no idea it was coming. Um, there was like one day I was a twenty, so mm. you know, usually twenties are they kind of have an idea. And our team wasn't great in Halley at the time. Yeah. Um, but I remember getting the call from the GM being like, yeah, man, you're going to Shakutami. And it's similar to the Hawkesbury. I was like, well, where what? is that? I don't even remember them being in the league. Like, I, <laughs> I had no idea what they were about. Yeah. Um, so I was stunned, uh, frankly, at the trade. And like we talked about, I loved being a Moosehead. I, this is a team that I grew up watching. So it certainly wasn't an easy transition. Yeah. Um, but getting down there, it was a lot different. I would say it's a lot different. Um, they love their hockey down there. Mm-hmm. You know, French Canadian town loves their game. Mm-hmm. But they, I found that they would expect more. You know, like if you played great, they'd be the first one to say, "Hey, yeah. great job." You know, uh, very similar to the Canadians. To you know, fans, like, yeah. well, hey, when things are rocking, yeah. the place Absolutely. is rocking. You know, yep. but if they're not doing well, they'd be like, "Listen, go home early tonight." get your sleep because you're playing like garbage yeah, you know exactly. yeah they're <laughs> and, not afraid to tell you yeah yeah but it was it was a great experience um it was a probably a place i i wouldn't have said i would have wanted to go to yeah. without being there first and um we had a good team we played with some good players like nick wah who's now in vegas was yeah. there um dolphin who, who had a cup of coffee in uh in arizona i yep. thought he was awesome um and then we had some really good young guys and a few years later their team ended up being really really good um, but yes, yeah, it was a great experience. The, they play on the Olympic ice there too, which is which changed. That's a lot right. Of is, are they the only team in the queue that still does that? I think they're the only. Yeah, they're the only club there that has an Olympic ice. Wow, it's like the only league that has like you <laughs> yeah. go to like Val d'Or or Rouen, and the ice is like the size of the studio. Yeah, <laughs> and then you'll go to like Shakutami. It's just it's Olympic. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, the special little quirks of the uh canadian junior hockey yeah, yeah. so now you've got a decision to make so you're just finishing off your your junior career um you can either play pro somewhere you know there's a lot of options out there today head to the east coast league you can head to europe you can there's a lot of options or 
you can head to school, which after playing in the queue, I'm sure there was something where they contribute to your schooling afterwards. Even I'm not sure how long you have to play. Maybe you can fill us in about that. But you got a big choice to make. So how did you uh, come to that decision and how hard was it? Yeah, so, I mean, I think like any hockey player, the dream is always play professional hockey, yeah. right? And, you know, so here I am, 20 years old. Um, I I mean, as part of playing in major junior after high school, you need to take a course. But, you know, you yeah. didn't really take a course, you know? Yeah, like someone So I had no experience at uni. I've been out of school now for a little while. Yeah. And I was just a classic junior guy, yeah. you know, not really worried about anything else except for hockey. Yeah. And so I went down to the East Coast League. So, um, you know, you're getting schools calling you all year. Uh, they're saying, hey, come play for us, come play for us. Here's what we can offer you. And then yeah. you combine what the schools can offer you with the packages you get in junior. Now, every team's different, uh, especially in the Q. Some teams can offer more. In the OHL, I think it's pretty uniform. And then the WHL, I think it's just straight up one for one. You play one year, you get one, one year. year. Okay. In the OHL, they you can sign different deals, but in Halif or in, in the queue, yeah. you can get different deals. So I was fortunate <laughs> enough to be sitting on a, a pretty, you know, lucrative scholarship deal. But again, I wasn't worried about school. You know, mm -hmm. I wanted, I was a hockey guy. I wanted yeah. to play hockey. So, yeah. and, um, so I went down to an East coast camp. Uh, you know, I wasn't getting, my phone wasn't ringing off the hook for, you know, um, teams to come down. So it was, again, I was gonna have to try out, and I remember I went down to a camp and uh, Ben McCaskill, who yeah. for our Hong Kong, for your Hong Kong listeners, they they are gonna know who he is. Yeah. He just finished at Dal, the you know a team in Hal a school in Halifax, and we had went down together, and um, you know we were at this camp and I was looking around and here's guys who are you know 35, 36 years old who are kind of just still trying. They haven't really done much. Yeah. You know they might be a volunteer firefighter on the side. You know. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, geez, like I, I don't want to be like this guy. Yeah. And to back it up a little bit, when I went to Shakutami, I had actually I was one of the first guys in my age, so the '94 group to commit to to uni. So you know, Dow called me, and you know they they had offered me you know the most I could get. So I said, okay, sure. Even yeah. though I I was thinking in my head I was probably going to go down the coast, I said, okay, yeah. I'll have this, make my parents happy, then yeah. get off my back, yeah, you know, and then see what's out there. Yeah, and then <laughs> so exactly. So and then uh, I was that summer I was skating with with Dal and getting to meet some of the guys, and um, so Ben and I went down together, and he just he kind of took me aside and he goes, listen, man, you you gotta go get your degree, like don't end up like this. And I yeah. just I remember that day the team had said, hey, like we, we want to sign you. Do you want to play for us this year? And I remember just like going into the parking lot as per, I'd call my mom. Yeah. Hey, mom, like, I don't know if I want to do this. I think I want to go to school. And I was so nervous that like yeah. what her reaction was going to be. Cause like, and she was like, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. That's so smart of you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And then, yeah, and I went to school and it's funny now my dad and I talk, like I wasn't a school guy, yeah. you know, like, my dad, I guess they had a bet in the family, like how long I would last, whether it was like before or after Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. so yeah, no, the rest is history after that. So That's thanks funny. for the support, mom and dad. Yeah, and Ben. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, early, big early, time, uh, early podcast guest, Ben McCaskill. Yeah, yeah great dude. And, you know, my guests are probably sick of me saying this because I've talked to a lot of people that have been involved in the CIS. I love the CIS. I love the, the brand of hockey that they have. 
uh, someone who grew up loving like we had the we had the AHL early on. We had the Cape Breton Oilers, right, right, right. Uh, and then the Eagles came to town after that. And then, you know, growing up watching junior hockey, there was there was parts of junior hockey I didn't like as a fan. And it sounds weird to say, but like you know, as much as I love like the fights and I love uh, you know the roller coaster ride that is junior hockey because emotionally the games games are oh, yeah. so emotional seven be, six games it could be one eight, guy has eight, seven points yeah, yeah it could yeah, be yeah. eight three and then all of a sudden it's nine eight yeah, and totally. there's, a, there's been a bench clearing brawl <laughs> so like all these things can happen yeah. and like I that wasn't the, the part of hockey I loved that it, I kind of thought it was kind of immature right I'm like there's a lot of guys running around trying to take guys heads off that guy can barely skate and like but he has one job to do, and he might yeah. make it because he's tough as hell. Yeah. You know, there was parts of junior hockey I didn't love. But then when I got introduced to the CIS, and it was mostly because when I went to St. of X, my friends that were playing on the Mooseheads ended up going there too. So right, I just right, started, right. got really into it and watching a lot of the games and uh, just seeing the skill level and the, the maturity, the way the game was played, the way that guys could take hits and not retaliate. And you, every time you touch the puck, you got hit in that league. Yeah, uh, there was. It just seemed like there was nowhere to go ever. It yeah. was. There was never like these guys dangles around, yeah. uh, like in a junior game, and and deeks the three guys and goes in and scores on a breakaway. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, because guys are sound defensively, and you know they're mature, and I just absolutely love the CIS. So, but, but did you even know what was going on in the CIS before you? I mean, you're in Halifax, you know about Dow and Smew, and, yeah. and what was that relationship like with you? Are, are you? as a Musa, were you like, you know, maybe I'm a little bit better than those guys playing at Dow and Smew at the time? No, you said it. You, yeah. I think you nailed it. You nailed the CIS right on the head. Um, but yeah, you know, so you're playing for the Mooseheads, you're the talk of the town, you're the team getting 10,000 fans, yeah. you're playing in the marquee rank. Sometimes you'd have to go and practice at the forum where where the Huskies yeah. and the Tigers were playing, and you'd be like, "Man, this sucks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, they they do like an old school Mooseheads game at the forum yeah. just for like old. For yeah, you're like, what is this old rink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, but yeah, we didn't really know too much. The only thing I knew was a, for, a couple former teammates were yeah. now playing in the league, and we went to watch. I think uh, Smew because cause Smew was really good, and X has been really good. There's mm-hmm. a number of good teams in that league, but. Yeah. So we went to watch the playoffs one game, and uh, we went, a couple of my teammates and I, and it, it was the same thing. I remember just being like, wow, like this is so different than junior. There's, so different. It almost doesn't look like there's any structure. It's just so fast and physical, mm-hmm. and there's the puck's one place and it's the other. And mm-hmm. this is like, you know, if you think about it, it's the best junior guys that don't move on. Yeah. And so, uh, but you said it. 100%. So when I decided, okay, I'm not going to go pro, I'm going to go to college, here I am thinking I'm going to come in, be an upper echelon guy. Yeah, I was like, you know what, I, yeah. I, I could Seen be a power play so guy here, you know? Yeah, yeah this is going to be awesome, and I'll yeah. never forget my first game. Yeah. We we were playing a preseason game against St. Mary's at the Forum, and I just remember, like, the very first shift. So, so Dow, we were kind of in a rebuild. We had a lot of uh, first-year guys and some some marquee guys because you know so it was kind of a, a hyped up ch- class right yeah. so they start all five freshmen and we're playing against a really good St. Mary's team who ended up winning the bronze medal that year like yeah. just a veteran group older mm. bigger stronger guys yeah and I'll never forget the f- they dropped the puck and I, it comes back to me I get it I go to like pass up to to my winger he gets blown up and then the puck <laughs> goes into the middle of the ice that guy gets blown up 
pockets dumped into my D partner's Uh-oh. thing. He get and the my first shift was like the first scene of Saving Private Ryan. Like it was just bodies dropping and it was in I, snipers. I, it everywhere. was insane. Like I think I, I was stuck on the ice for two minutes. I remember oh just getting God. off, and then after that game, we lost. Like St. Mary's crushed us. Yeah, I get into the room and I just remember like I couldn't. I felt like I couldn't catch my breath for a week. Like, and and. I remember just sitting there being like, it was probably the most humbled I've ever been in my life thinking, you know, here I was thinking I could come in and be one of the best players in the league first year to yeah. thinking, I don't know if I'm going to make it in this league. And I was hit more in that first game than probably I was in my entire second half of my 20 yeah. year old year. Totally different game. You, yeah. But you said it, you nailed it. I love it, man. I love that style of hockey and the, I just, I just, there's no, there's no fighting in the league. Yeah. I do, and I'm not someone who's against fighting. I like, I think it has its place. Yeah. Um, I, do, I think it should still be in the NHL. Um, but just like I said, the maturity of the league and just everything about it was just a little step better. And yeah. uh, there's not as, as much hype around it, but no. people who love hockey on the East Coast, like if you look around the rink, uh, the people who are sitting down watching yeah. a CIS yeah. game, it's, they know like, what it's they're usually watching. older yeah. guys. Or men or women uh, yeah, who, yeah. who really love hockey. Yeah. Whereas if you go to a junior game, it's kids with yeah, more entertainment, right? You get the loud music. Up, yeah, 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 sure. And the totally. dancing and you're on the megatron. Yeah. And, you know, it's a whole different experience. It's a whole yeah. different thing. Yeah, totally. But it's, it shouldn't. Be, yeah, I guess it's uh, it shouldn't really compare the two. But yeah, in that league, then you'd have like guys coming out of junior, like uh, my buddy Stu McRae. He's like a hundred point guy for a couple of years. You go in there and you score a point a game. Maybe you get twenty five points your your first year. Maybe you get twenty. Maybe you get yeah. maybe you get ten goals. Yeah. And it's like wow, like nobody's dominating. Yeah. And then um, I remember at the end of the year, the only guy in the league that I saw dominate was Joel Ward. He yeah. played for UPEI at yeah. the time, and he was he was the only, legend. only guy in the league that looked like a man amongst boys, like looked different than everyone else. Yeah. And it was weird because no one else in the league was able to do the things he did. Yeah. And yeah, no, it's just it's yeah. it's a different league. Like like I said, you get the the best of the rest, I think. Yeah. And everyone is really, really good. And here's all these guys who are similar to me where, you know, in order to, to be successful in junior or to be that twenty spot where you only get three on a team, you really had to know the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, so here's a league fill especially on the in the Atlantic conference in Canadian college, which I think is I think it's pretty well known that they're the best, right? Like that's the best conference. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a league that's filled with guys, not just from the Q, but from all over the country. You know, the best of the twenties from the O and 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 the Dub, and um, you get some really really good teams. Almost every year we'd have, I think, three or four teams in the top ten, and um, but yeah, everyone on the in the league was just smart players, yeah. big players. Yeah. They knew how to play the game the right way. Totally you're gonna get hit. You're gonna lay hits. Sure, it got a little edgy every now and then. You play, you know. There's mm-hmm. only seven teams in the league, and um, but yeah, no. I, I often say the jump from junior A to major junior was nowhere near the jump from major junior to CIS. Wow. CIS is by far the best hockey I've ever played. Wow, it, not cool. even close to anything else. A lot of guys maybe won't admit that, but I feel like I'm, I totally agree. I yeah. mean, it's not even it's not even a question in my mind. Yeah. Um, so just. Uh, yeah, to hit on that a little bit. So you spent five years playing in the CIS, and Dallas a pretty you know good franchise, and they had a lot of good years. And Blair Joseph and some mm-hmm. of the guys that they've had throughout that the history of their team, 
just phenomenal hockey people. So like I I know the history that Dow has. So you got to spend five years there. You got to take a victory lap, as the boys like to say, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, tell me about some of your fond memories. And uh, did you guys do? Um, a lot of the guys talk about their trips to the U.S. to play NCAA teams. So did you guys do that? And what else? Uh, what other st- memories stand out? Yeah. So I think um, that's the first time in my entire life, let alone in junior hockey, where I spent that amount of time in a city and on one team with the same group of guys, where in junior guys are moving in and out all the time. So just the camaraderies that I built, um, the friendships, the relationships, um, that without a doubt, that's the best part. You know, we, we, we weren't as successful, I think, as we hoped. Uh, we had a couple tough years. Um, but just being able to be in a position at first to to kind of see what guys who come before me were able to get to the program too, and then to kind of take yeah. that and and then to really help out the next generation of guys, not just in hockey, but in school and to take my experiences and to help them out. And that without a doubt has, has been my favorite experience um, of Dowell. I'll always be a proud alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, you know, the, just the type of fun you can have in a university hockey team, you know, like it, uh, some of the, Best nights, I don't even remember what we did, but yeah. I just, we had such a great group of guys, even though, like I said, we, we weren't as successful as we would have hoped, but just a team of awesome individuals, awesome people, yeah. and we just had such a tight group that, you know, every day we'd work so hard and we were trying to build something. Every game we'd go in, it would, you know, if we had any chance of winning, it was going to have to be this incredible effort, and right. you're, every game you're in the trenches, and, and just CIS in general, it's never yeah, easy. Yeah, every but, game's in the trenches in that league. Yeah, so that... Without a doubt, just the, the, the people, the friendships, that was uh, – I still look so fondly back on it. I'm still very, very close with, with almost everyone yeah. we played with, whether there was one year or five years. What was that grind, like the difference between like the junior grind is the travel, the yeah. long bus rides, yeah. uh, the schedules, the scheduling, yeah. uh, the amount of games you play, obviously. Um, different, di- Totally different ball game, CIS, less games, but you also have to be doing a university degree at the same time. So yeah. what's the difference? Like what was the grind like for you? Well, yeah, I think in junior, you know, when you're in junior, you're like, oh, we're so busy, you know, yeah. I'm busy all the time. <laughs> Meanwhile, you, you sleep until 11 every day. Yeah. But yeah, in uni, it, it hit you. Yes, you play less games, but every game you play is just like, it might as well be a, a 10 games. Yeah. And, you know, and then you combine it with the university schedule. Like you said, it's, you're busy all the time. And then, you know, I was big into the volunteering and all this stuff. So, yeah. you know, always had stuff on the go. Um, looking after yourself a little more, exactly. a lot more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you would think back to your time at junior, but I can't believe I thought I was busy where I'm playing <laughs> yeah. video games all night with my buddies and yeah. then, you know, waking up. you had at, a, whole, a paper to write or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. I got like a practice at 2 p.m. And I'm like, oh, we had to get up so early this morning, yeah. you know, so yeah. totally different. Um, but yeah, the university grind was, but I mean, it's just, it's a great teacher, right? Yeah. Like you got to be able to balance both and you got to value both equally, especially for, for once you kind of make the decision if you're going to play after or not yeah. so you got to take school very very seriously where you're actually a student athlete you know yeah. so yeah it was it was certainly an adjustment mm-hmm. but once I kind of got into the rhythm of things um I actually really loved it I loved being a hockey guy but also I liked being a student guy and um it was just it was a nice adjustment it was a nice uh combination and uh yeah you were really busy and then you know yeah. Your, your your classmates, some of them would be going out Saturday, Sunday, and you'd yeah. be like, I can't, like, you know. And then you're you're doing homework on the bus, or, you know. And then we had some guys who were like doing engineering, and I, I don't know how they did it, to tell right. you the truth. But 
yeah, you're, you're way definitely way more busy in yeah. college than in junior for sure. And you um, and uh, we talked about Benny earlier, but not a lot of guys get to play uh, Q league or Q Q level hockey and then stay in the same town and play you know a really good uh, university career as well. So I think you guys are re- it's a really unique experience you guys had. You obviously liked the East Coast because you stayed. Uh, you went back to Dow. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your life in Halifax. Um, what were some of the things that you uh, liked most about living there? What were some of your favorite Halifax haunts? Yeah, so uh, like you said, so as we talked earlier, yeah. you know, I, I moved around all the time. So in my entire life, Halifax is the place I've lived the longest most, now. Yeah, you know, yeah, So yeah. I like to think that's kind of, I wasn't born there, but that's where I was raised, you know? Yeah, it's um, interesting. But it just... The people were fantastic. Um, everybody, you know, whether yeah. they're you know extremely successful or they're just you know they drive trucks, whatever it is, mm. everyone's just so friendly, and you know it's it just feels like such a hometown, um, and it's also a great college town. It you is. know, it's a fantastic yeah. college town. Yeah. You got the bars, restaurants. It's big enough to get that city environment where mm-hmm. you know you go out to all these different restaurants and stuff. But it's a small enough town where every time you go out, you'll see somebody you know and yeah. You know, it's just for anyone that's out there thinking about a college to go to, Halifax, whether it's St. Mary's or Dow, you went to Smeo's, yeah. you get it. Great town. Great city yeah. to go to college in. Were you a KOD or Sicilian guy? Uh, we went to, uh, there was a new place in Pizza Corner okay. uh, when I was there. I think it was called Johnny's or Johnny's Canuck or something like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as you can tell, so the clearly I don't remember. There? Was KOD still there? King it's of Donaires was down there. And was Sicilian, Sicilian not there? Yep, okay. Sicilian, yeah, so the, Sicilian was the there. So those were the two staples, and then the third corner was always like a rotating pizza shop. Yeah, yeah just like the new owners were coming. <laughs> Whatever, there was a yeah. Putin joint that Tried I was, to, they The only time people went to it was when the lineups were too big at yeah, Sicilian. Yeah, <laughs> that was the crazy part, you know? like you, you, And then now when I go to other places... Because, you know, the bars are open, as you know, until 4 in the morning. Yeah. And then after, everyone goes and tries to get food. So this pizza corner is, like, packed yeah. when the sun's coming up. Yeah. And and then, you know, when you, when you leave Halifax, you go somewhere else. It's like people are, you know, in Halley, you're only getting ready to go out at, like, 1.30. I know. It's and everyone's right. like, what are you doing? I'm going to bed. Like, yeah. So, yeah, no, totally fun. No, really Don't fun. Don't remember a lot. Definitely but. a really fun city. Yeah. And um, you had some really cool experiences. I want to talk to you a little bit about your dream job days uh, broadcasting so tell me a little bit about that this is all new to me so i want to hear from you yeah so uh i think it was my third or fourth year at at dal i got a message on twitter from the the mooseheads um radio guy gareth is his name fantastic guy he reached out to me and and he just said hey listen you know i knew who he was because you know i've listened to him and he's like you know if you're at all interested in doing this like i'd love to have you up i think you could be good at it um, I'd done a little bit of social media work in, in Halifax before that for my time with, on the team. And then there was like this startup that I worked with a little bit. I, so yeah. I don't, I don't know if he was researching me. Yeah. I don't think he was headhunting me to put that out there just yeah. to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. But he reached out to me and said, and then I remember just being like, you know, cause I love hockey, you know, I love the game. I love watching it. I, um, and I thought, okay, sure. Even though I had zero experience of, of doing this. Yeah. So he's like, don't worry, man, I'll help you out. I'll walk you through it. And so, you know, we'd show up to a game, and I think it was like, you know, before Christmas. So um, I show up, and I sit down beside him, and, like, I show up at, like, 6 p.m. We're going on the pregame show at 6.30, and the game's starting at 7. So he's like, okay, put these headphones on. This button turns your mic on. This one turns it off. 
and just I'll kill, to the walls. I'll kill you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so he just was like, okay. And then That's I'll give awesome. him credit. Like he, yeah. he really held my hand through the first few games. Yeah. And then we just started to get on a rhythm and, uh, you know, we still talk today and, but it, it kind of culminated and we were like, we were doing really well. Like, you know, uh, we were getting, um, you know, remarks from the studio, like from the radio yeah. station. And, you know, he was saying, man, things are going really well. And then finally the Memorial Cup hit when Halifax was hosting. And like, I think we were on the national broadcast. Like it was insane. And it was just That's awesome, me and him man. up there, kind of similar to what we're doing Living now. Living the just, dream. It's such a great way to, to, to watch the game in such a different way. Mm-hmm. And you're watching, when, especially when you're sitting way up, you're seeing all these different things different lines, different stats and yeah. stuff. It was just such so fun. Yeah. And it was cool to be on that side of the game. And first of all, it's easier to talk about it than to actually do it. <laughs> yeah. So I sounded like I knew exactly what I was exactly. doing all the time, That's which right. I didn't. But yeah. no, it was a great way to to give kind of my perspective to, you know, yeah, people in Halifax. It's just another way to see the game too. Totally. I, I, something I love too. And I mean, I coached, I've refed and played. So I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, just having those different perspectives on the game, you can kind of, you know, ball it all up and figure oh, it yeah. out on your own kind of thing you know hockey means something different to me than it does to you and everyone else but yeah yeah so um before we go any further um quick word from one of our sponsors jess what do you think of that yardley brothers uh, machine men pale ale you got in front of you there yeah this was a really nice uh, setup but yeah beer's been great uh mom i i didn't drink that many i promise just one beer yeah just one maximum yeah so yeah just a quick word from yardley brothers beer do you like beer I know I like beer, and my favorite type of beer is a Yardley Brothers beer. Remember when I used to ramble on about how delicious the Machine Men Pale Ale was last season? Well, at this year's Cathay Pacific International Wine and Spirits Competition, gold medals were awarded to both the Yardley's Machine Men Pale Ale, as well as their new Mango Sticky Mango Imperial Goze. Boys even brought home some bronze awards at the 2020 Asia Beer Championship for their Mums Rhubarb Crumble Pastry Sour and their Gooseberry Custard Sour. But that's not all. On the same night, Yardies also walked away with a gold medal for Best Experimental Beer in Asia. My new favorite, the SEA Sour. You gotta get this in your belly, folks. I don't tell no lies. For more information, go to YardleyBrothers.hk. All right, Jess. So um, your, your broadcasting career lasted about a year and a half. Um, you know what? You you also had another cool experience. You, you mentioned to me earlier. You got to train with um, some pretty elite athletes around the Halifax area. Um, why don't you tell me about that? Yeah. So without a doubt, this was probably the coolest experience that I've had in hockey. I was really really fortunate to get this. So, you know, as as almost everyone's aware, Sidney Crosby, Halifax is kind of the home of Sidney Crosby. Yeah. And uh, usually every year he'll run this camp, like a um, not like a hockey camp for kids, but for him and and the people of around. his caliber. Yeah, you know, they'll go. Usually it's down to Colorado mm-hmm. or whatever, and it's just kind of their way to really ramp things up before the season gets started. But mm-hmm. the year the World Cup was being hosted in Toronto, he didn't do the camp in Colorado. He actually hosted it in Halifax. Okay. So you know. And these camps, like, they have the best of the best. You know, it's an all-star game of where these yeah. guys go. So, And so the word quickly got out that these guys were all in town. And um, at the time, our assistant coach uh, for Dow w- w- was his guy. He would be the one who'd run them, and he would usually fly them down. So anyway, one night, uh, it's I think it's like a Thursday night, you know, Thursday night in Halifax, great night. Yeah. So I'm getting ready to go out, 
and uh, I get a call, and I'm, I'm in the McDonald's drive-thru <laughs> for my little pregame meal. Yeah. And I get a call from my assistant coach, and I think this is my second year in Dow, yeah. or even after my first year. And he goes, listen, uh, what are you doing? So obviously I'm not going to tell my coach. I'm, in, I'm yeah. like, oh, nothing, just hanging out. He's like, you going out tonight? I was yeah, like, just grabbing a salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I just haven't passed and I'm on the treadmill actually. Um, so he goes, what are, uh, what are you doing tonight? I go, nothing. He goes, listen, I, I need a favor from you. Uh, can you come? Um, I, need, I need a defenseman for tomorrow. And, you know, I do a lot of work with minor hockey. So I was like, okay, sure, I'll come run your, your skate, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. And I was like, okay, like tracksuit? He goes, no, no, full gear. So then I'm like, okay, like you want me to play on your men's league team? Like he's being this amb- yeah. you know, ambiguous, yeah. right? And so he goes, no, no, just full gear. When you get to the rink, drive around back. There'll be a guy back there. Just tell him who you are. He'll know you're coming. And I'm thinking in my head, why don't this? I just go in the front door? Yeah. Like I always do. And he's like, okay, I'm going to text you who's on your team. So I, I hang up. I was like, that was the weirdest call I've ever had. Yeah. Staying in the drive-thru being like, okay. Yeah. I got a junior check and waiting for me. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, then he texts me. He goes, Team Black, Sidney Crosby, Brad Marchand, yeah. um, you know, Connor Sheary, Ian Cole, Team Gray, Tyler Sagan, uh, John Tavares, Nathan McKinnon. And I'm just reading this like, list. Uh, Honestly, stunned exactly. Yeah. I click it into reverse get out of the drive-thru, go right to the grocery store, go buy like some organic pasta, whatever. <laughs> Plain chicken breast. And then for the next four days, I was able to to skate at this camp. Wow, and, that's amazing. You know, so I grew up, like a lot of kids, I grew up a huge Crosby fan. Yeah. Matt, you know, posters of them on my wall. Yeah. So I got there. I couldn't sleep that night. Of course. You know, I remember uh, they were like, okay, get there for like 6.30. I was there at like 6. First guy there by a mile. Yeah. Um. Luckily at the time, I, I've been doing some training with, with, with Brad. So I knew him relatively well at this point. Yeah. So thank God he comes in and sits beside me. So at least I have somebody to talk yeah. to, you know. And then, you know, in comes Sid. And I just remember I was tying my skates. You know, he comes in. Hey, I'm Sid. Yeah. And I just looked. I was like, uh, hey, man. Like, You're on my team. I was like, uh, what school did you go to? <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. But then, yeah. So for the next four days, I got to watch <laughs> these guys. And they were just all awesome. You know, yeah. I think they all knew, obviously, I, I wasn't among their class but they all helped in chipped in and it was just it was so amazing to get to watch these guys and fortunately enough i for the next four or five years it wasn't the same kind of all-star lineup but yeah you know every now and then i'd be able to go out and skate with sid and nate and i knew nate dixon was he around uh, i don't know if he was still in town anymore but i played with nate when i was really young when i lived in clarver so i kind of knew him a little bit and um, but yeah, just to get to watch these yeah. guys, like, I mean, our, uh, so our first line on with that camp, it was, it was, uh, Sid Bergeron and Marchand who ended up being the first line of team Canada. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, this is wow. insane. That, that you I, maybe played with one of the best lines we ever put together. Uh, honestly. And it was just an incredible <laughs> experience. Jesus. And, you know, that's so, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Really tremendous, uh, to get to watch the very best and yeah. how they do it. It was, it was and cool. did you feel like, you know, like I've, I've, played over my head a few times and when you're in that position you're like wow like it's really cool because everything's on the tape everything's perfect yeah. it's almost a little easier uh, exactly That's i thought it, it was seems. i was so nervous because yeah. i was like dude these are you know yeah they're gonna be so fast yeah but you, you said it it was actually easier you to can play. handle yourself i remember there was yeah. one time we were doing this because they were doing a lot of five on five drills yeah. full ice stuff trying to get the tempo up and i remember one time we we're doing this drill it's like a five on five drill 
and I'm standing in front of the net. It's in our zone. I'm standing in front of the net, and Bergeron's playing the wing, right? So he's kind of standing beside me. Yeah. And there's a battle in the corner, and I remember he just, like, tapped me. He goes, hey, listen, go stand behind the net, and then pass to me when you get the puck. <laughs> and I'm thinking, dude, what are you During talking about? Like, like, yeah, this is the play was on, oh and, like, God. we don't have the puck, and, like, yeah. it's a battle. And I'm thinking, dude, why? I'm not leaving the front of the net. Like, yeah. he's like, no, no, go, go. Just give it to me when you get it. So I, I just obviously I'm okay, Mr. Bergeron, yeah, sure. Okay, sure. So I go and then just like he called it, like we won the puck battle. They went D to D to me. I passed to him. He got it. Passed to the middle of the Sid, over to Marshawn, two on one, go down, score. And I just remember thinking, Jesus, saw that. This guy was playing chess yeah, when we're all playing checkers. That's what I was just thinking. But yeah, yeah, like, you know, all it was was just make totally. the easy pass. But I think on the other side of it was when you make a mistake or if you're out of position. These guys are gonna make you pay. Yeah, every all time. they need is a second. Every you know, time. it was Not insane. Like Van Reeves, like I remember, he was just, it was in the slot, and I kind of took my eye off him for a second, and then I think Sagan got the puck and just saw him in the slot, bang bang. I remember just the puck whizzed by me, elbow yeah. in. I just remember thinking, wow, that was awesome. <laughs> Even yeah, though that was my oh guy, God. you know. <laughs> I can only imagine, man. That's so much. Fun. Yeah, it was wicked. Yeah, great experiences. Yeah. So then, all of a sudden, you have to make this really tough decision. You finish your fifth year. At Dow, and um, so what was kind of running through your mind at that time? I know well, you're a smart guy. You've, you've seen the writings on the wall. You're probably not going to be an NHL player, but you probably you easily could play pro hockey somewhere. So what was that decision like for you, and, and you know, how did you end up here? Yeah, I think uh, that decision for anybody leaving, whether you, you're even a guy who was able to be successful, it's never easy. Yeah. You know, this was something that, I, you know, I was really close. This is something I dreamed of being a kid. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're on your back pond or you're in the driveway. You always wanted to be the guy. And mm-hmm. and all of a sudden here I am thinking, Jesus is going to be it. And now I got to think of something else. And I, so that year, probably in January was, even though I just went, kind of went through school and was taking a finance degree, like I still had no idea what I wanted to do or what I'm even interested in, let alone a potential career. I wasn't applying to anywhere. And I remember just starting to panic, being like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do if I don't play pro hockey? And Because for me, I remember thinking I was on a bus trip, and I just remember thinking, I'm kind of sick of riding the bus. Yeah. I don't know if I have the same drive and the drive in order it takes to, to play professional. Mm-hmm. And I think I came to the realization that the life I, I want to live and isn't going to be provided to me from playing. So it was time to start looking elsewhere. But then you take this thing that you've just worked so hard for, and it's really your whole identity. It's mm-hmm. it's where it's why I decided to go where I did for school. It's why I moved around so much. This is everything. This mm-hmm. is who I am. And all of a sudden, you kind of gotta rip that away and say, "I'm giving up on this." And it was it. I mean, it's still it's not easy. But I think it was a really tough call to make. So anyone going through it right now, I, I understand because yeah. it's it's not easy. To, Do you feel to, confident after now, like you're a year away or? Yeah, so decision a couple of years. No, I, I think I think uh, you'll always think about it for sure. Yeah, but I think, wonder. yeah, I just like I said, I knew that it was time. To, uh, it was not now. I was gonna have to do it at thirty, maybe mm-hmm. thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-five, whatever. Um, so I figured I'd do it now. Start to figure out what's next, and I mean it's a it's a work in progress. I'm yeah. still figuring out. I'm still learning a ton. Because yeah. um, now you know, if you going back to my childhood, we had the military and we had hockey now. And there, I really didn't know a whole lot else. So, right. um, but I, I got to give a lot of credit to to this program um, 
you know, the, the CHG internship program. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, like, tell us, uh, yeah, let's get right into that one yeah. as well. So you're here in Hong Kong now. You've only been here for, I actually remember the night you got out of quarantine because I was hanging with the guys and they yeah. were going to meet you at midnight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Jess, is, he's the new intern. We got to go, we got to go break him in. Yeah, uh, we yeah I think I went to bed at 8 a.m. that morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so you got christened by some of the hockey guys. Yeah. yeah that's great. So, um, yeah, tell me a little bit about your experience so far and the internship program, which we've talked about many times on the program, and it really does wonders for hockey here and also gives great opportunities to guys like you to, to still stay in the game a little bit. Yeah, totally. Get your feet wet in some, some industry. Yeah, totally. And, you know, especially guys who are kind of struggling through the decision of, of yeah. whether to leave or not. Um, so, yeah, I think – so I graduated in uh, the spring of this year, so the COVID yeah. graduating class. <laughs> And, you know, a lot of my classmates, most like every graduating class, but especially this year, it was tough to find jobs. And, um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to kind of land one in Toronto on Bay Street. And so I, I moved to Toronto. And but then once I got there, the job was kind of, you know, they were like, we're going to have to postpone it. We can't mm-hmm. hire because we don't know what's happening. The whole world shut down. Yeah. Um, so I just remember thinking, geez, what am I going to do? And that's when I, I called Ben. You know, Benny has been trying to get me over here for a few years. And I said, okay, Benny, what do you got for me? Um, you know, what what is this program? And he kind of laid it out on the line for me. And, and then I ended up talking to the Greg Smith, who I know has been on this podcast before. Yeah. And um, they kind of told me what it is. And I just thought, you know, why not? You know, I, I've, I love to travel. It'd be a great experience. And I, the truth is I don't really have any other options right mm-hmm. now. So... I come over here and, and they gave me a great gig, probably one that I'm a bit out of my weight class with that uh, they really helped set up. Gary Lawrence, who, who's uh, you know a hockey guy as well, I played mm-hmm. at Yale. He's done very, very well over here. <laughs> He's taken me in and helped me out. And and then, yeah, just being able to also still play, like, you know, it's certainly different than, yeah. than being a full-time hockey player, but to still have that experience and, and to be involved, it certainly helped that transition. And I, yeah. I give a lot of credit to everyone involved in making this happen. And, yeah. you know, there was so much logistics around it too with the visas and all these different things going on. Uh, you know, we weren't even sure it was going to happen. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, it, it's been fantastic. And I, I'm extremely fortunate. Uh, obviously, you get to live in a, an awesome city, Hong Kong, this yep. far away from home that probably would have never happened if it wasn't for something like this. And then totally. you get to meet this incredible, as you know, this incredible hockey community over here, not it's just of the kids, but yeah. all these guys, like they've just really welcomed me as one of yeah. them. And what a, what an awesome way to come to a I new I feel city. the same way. I mean, you know, I'm new to the league as well, reffing in the league this year. And, you know, the, the league, the people in the league is what, what makes the league, obviously. Yeah, totally. and, and it's a great league, great group of people. Everybody's in it for the right reasons, yeah. you know, like everyone's going to work the next day kind of thing. But right. Um, but the level of hockey's there, um, and it it's an opportunity for you because you guys are also mentors to all the young kids that are playing here, and you guys are so good at it, and all the guys in the junior programs, like all the coaches, you guys just crush it, and the kids love you guys so much, and that's exactly what, what they need here, and it's exactly what's helping to build hockey in the city. So, so far, you know, you're a few months in. You haven't really gotten the full experience as far as, like, you know, the grind of, of Hong Kong because of the lockdown and stuff, but... Mm. How are you enjoying um, your time with the kids here and just the experience of coaching kids that, you know, maybe you never thought would ever even play hockey in a place like Hong Kong? Yeah, like I've always been, I've always loved to be involved with with kids, even going back to my Halifax time. uh, I was always volunteering with kids. Even when I was growing up, my best friend who lived around the corner from me had a daycare. So I've always loved being around kids and 
especially ones that you can have an impression on. Um, you know, admittedly, when I was coming over here, I wasn't sure what the level of hockey was going to be. You think hockey in Hong Kong, you're like, yeah. do, do they even have ice over there? Exactly. You know? Yeah. But when I came here, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to teach kids where to put their shin pads and <laughs> yeah. elbow pads go on the elbows. Yeah, yeah. But I was pleasantly surprised at how yeah. far along it's come. and It's amazing. And then being able to to then take, you know, the experiences that, I, that I've had that, you know, no one in this, uh, kids here and a lot of their yeah. parents maybe have never got to have and, yeah. and to be able to share that with them and, and they're still at this impressionable age where, where they look up to us as this is the closest they can get to. So again, you're almost in this position where it's this responsibility that you have. And I just, I love being in that spot and being able to, to help these kids along and, yeah. and, you know, they listen and already, you know, even though we've had to, to take a step back, you look at a kid and you're working with them, Hey, work on this, 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 and then you watch their next game and, and then they work mm-hmm. on it. It's almost like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. You yeah, know, so, no, it's totally, no, it's yeah. fantastic. And, uh, yeah. the infrastructure they've built here and yeah. uh, the program, it's, it's awesome. Amazing program, amazing internship program, yeah. great, uh, junior programs. You know, the parents are amazing. Yeah. Uh, just really cool stuff with the, uh, the whole China hockey group here. Um, so what are some of your short-term and long-term plans at the moment? I mean, I guess you can't really plan that far ahead at the moment, but what are you, what are you thinking for the future here? Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to fall in love with Hong Kong, right? Like it's in what we have here and, um, you know, the, you you know, I'm not even sure what opportunities are going to be out there, but it's, it's a great city. Uh, I, I like the, the hockey side of it. Yeah. The community, like we talked about is fantastic. Um, and I can, I can really see myself staying, um, now it's, you know, there's, there's more to it than just that, yeah, but, of course. um, it's, it's a place I can see, especially in the short term sticking mm-hmm. around. It's not, I don't think it's going to be an internship and then take yeah. off, but, um, no, it's been, it's been fantastic. It's been great to me already. Yeah. Even like when I was here in quarantine, you know, some of the hockey moms, classic hockey moms, like we talked about, the best. they come and they're like, Hey, like, do you like lasagna or do you like this? I'm like, what? Who, first of all, who is this? And yeah. then I get a knock on my hotel door and I just have this huge casserole waiting oh, for me. Like just incredible. That's so, great, man. Yeah. They've really, uh, they've really opened up their arms here yeah. and, and into their country and their city. It's, it's incredible. Awesome. The hockey community, not just in Hong Kong, but all over Asia. Yeah, as totally. you know, you've only been here a short time, but it's a very tight knit community. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Um, everyone kind of has the same goal in mind, uh, as far as developing hockey and, and it's working. Um, so long-term you could, possibility you could stay here and i hope i hope you do because i really want you to experience living here when you can travel to all these amazing countries and throw on the skates and play in a few tournaments around go to bangkok and play ice hockey in a tournament like amazing opportunities yeah yeah the guys have all said that they're like i'm like man this this is awesome they're like did you have an experience no. anything yeah. yet because and they all talk about their tournaments and how fun they are and yeah. just yeah 100 percent like um like I said, I, I struggled with the decision to leave and, um, you know, a lot of my classmates, they didn't get, you know, opportunities and, yeah. and they're kind of out of necessity, but I'm in a great spot in my life right now where I can kind of, you know, I can, I can go to where I need to go to. I can do what I can need to do. I, I don't really have any of those, I don't call them anchors or anything like that, right. but yeah. you know, and I think just the way I grew up where change is nothing new, mm-hmm. you know, change was nothing new to me. It's just, we did it all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's know, a good you, way to have it though. Yeah. I mean, you got a great outlook on on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So listen, before we uh, get, I have a few things to pick your brain about, but this last segment of the uh, podcast is, will be brought to you by our newest sponsor, Wheel Hub Asia. Wheel Hub Asia is committed to building community and bringing accessibility to inline hockey players in Southeast Asia. 
They strive to be a catalyst for change with collaborative approach that is focused on improving the level of inline hockey in the region through community-based initiatives. Wheelhub Asia stands for professionalism, integrity, and collaboration. For inline hockey players, by inline hockey players. For all your inline hockey needs, head to wheelhubasia.com. All right, Jess, uh, before I let you go, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit about what's happening in the, in, uh, the world of hockey right now. Um, first of all, the, uh, the season that just finished, uh, I don't want to go back too far in the past, but um, just a quick question. Is there any asterisks on last year's Stanley Cup champion in your mind? I don't think so. I think to, to win a Stanley Cup is hard every year. Yeah. And I would even say this year would probably be a little bit more difficult. You're away mm-hmm. from your family. You go to the rink and then back to the hotel. You don't yeah. get to see the buzz in the city, that electricity, all that stuff. So I, any anytime I hear asterisks, I go, no, you had to win yeah, the series. And then, you know, Tampa Bay, they there was no easy route. And I no. think it, you know, they, yeah, definitely no asterisks. Congratulations yeah. to them for sure. Totally agree. Um, also, so now we got a, a total. The NHL is going to be completely different again this year. A uh, whole new realignment of the divisions. How excited are you for a seven-team Canadian division? I, you know, I think it's going to be great. Um, I think it's going to rekindle some of those, you know, rivalries that we had, especially in like the early two thousands, like Leaf Sens or mm-hmm. you know Montreal, Toronto, the past few years. And yeah. I mean, already Calgary, Edmonton. Like those teams are playing each other ten times or seven, yeah. whatever it is this year. Th- you know? I think they got fifty six games, and there's, they're going to play each team eight, eight times. Yeah. So you're going to see Montreal, Toronto eight times. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how good that is for the brand or for like. Um, you know, growing the game worldwide. Right. I, I, but like, as far as like a Canadian, I wish I was there to see it yeah. live. I mean, I, yeah, totally. And you know, you think of just this past year, the the heat that you've seen between you know Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, at the end of the day, countries and and the economy and and with the COVID, every they're trying to make things work, and ultimately, it's just better than nothing. Yeah. But I think it's going to be better than. And you got to give credit to the NHL, like. They thought on their feet. They made even last year's bubble. They yeah. made it work almost. They got it, brought it together so quickly. Flawlessly. And it, and it worked awesomely. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously we would love to see fans in the building, but yeah. as far as the actual product goes itself, I thought the playoffs were great. Yeah. You I know? mean, the, the first few games, I mean, maybe a little sloppy. Sure. The last couple of games, maybe I had a gasp. I mean, you're out of gas at the end of a Stanley Cup grind. Oh, anyway. Always. I mean, always, right? You're tired all the time. Yeah. So I mean that part of the game, yeah. I for, I'm the exact same way. No asterisks for me. You yeah. win a Stanley Cup, you deserved it. Yeah, right? totally, yeah, totally. It's the hardest trophy in the world. One hundred percent. Physically, I think. Yeah. Um, some might argue maybe the Tour de France a little, little tougher. But Whatever. <laughs> Team sports always, baby. <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah, we got the new realignment. So basically, in the U.S., you're going to have a West Coast, you're going to have a Central, you're going to have an East Coast. I love that too because you're going to see some of those old heated rivalries. Think about the East Coast. You're going to have. Philly, New York, New York, New Jersey, Washington, all in the same division, playing each other eight times. Yeah. So, like, Pittsburgh, Philly, eight times. Yeah, crazy. And, you know, <laughs> you get, like, it's similar to college hockey where, you know, you go into a building, you know what the other team's bringing. You have the ability to prep. I think you're going to see much better hockey. It's going to yeah. be like it's going to be like watching play like that first round, second round of playoffs all year. Right. You know, and just with – I mean, the travel will still be up there, but I think with the reduced schedule, um, the games are going to be a little bit more intense. And, you know, who knows? And then you might see a team kind of like we did last year that 
maybe you wouldn't have pegged. Like, I don't think anybody in their right mind would have said Dallas is going in no, the final. No, But you might get these other two teams. You might see an emergence of mm-hmm. a few kids or some prospects. And, Carolina, I mean, a team like yeah, that that's real close. Just out of nowhere, and, right? Yeah. Like, Yeah, it's exciting. I can't wait to see I'm it. Pumped. I mean, it's it different. Soon and, too. and the fact that we know it's not going to be forever kind of just makes it, like, unique. It's, it's like a treat, be, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Life goes on Hockey the next night in Canada year. probably every day of the week. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. Who's not going to exactly. love that? Come on. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's going to love it. Speaking of loving things, my favorite time of the year, I love Christmas for one reason only. It's oh, the yeah. World Juniors. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I dreamed of putting on a Team Canada jersey, not, not playing in the NHL. Definitely. That was my thing. Like, if for some reason the, the lore of the Team Canada, like that would have been, you yeah, know, for, it's such a magic time. Oh and, my God, I just it's a magical time for like people who love hockey as much as we do. You Boxing Day is a big day. Yeah, you know, New World Year's Junior Eve Classic. Start, then you got the New Year's Eve Classic, and you know it's a little different this year. It's going yeah. on longer, but World Junior Hockey. I've been, you know, I'm sure you're following it as closely oh, as yeah. I am. What are your thoughts so far? Well, I think. Anytime you get a, a, a tournament at the time where the NHL, I mean, they're, the NHL is coming back, but yeah. you just get a tournament filled with guy, older guys, um, guys who are just a, you know, a little bit closer to the NHL, maybe mm-hmm. guys who have played in the NHL. Yeah. And it just makes for such a great tournament. Mm-hmm. Now, this year is a little different because these guys, they weren't being able to play and mm-hmm. get their legs underneath them. But you, know, you look at a team like Canada, you know, you go back to that 2005 year, which was kind of a similar thing, and yeah. that that kind of team they had, which ended up being, I think, the, basically the Olympic team a few years later. Yeah. When you get the NHL not playing and all the best prospects, you know, the U.S. awesome team. Mm-hmm. You know, almost everyone, like every team, has like ten returning guys, which you almost never see. Yeah. And it's just been great hockey. And then, you know, World Juniors, like you said, are just such a magical time. Like some of my best memories in hockey, like. I, you're probably the same. Like, mm-hmm. I can think back to certain games, like when Tavares scored, like, that hat trick New Year's yeah. Eve or the Eberle goal. Like, these are just Shootouts, hockey, yeah. like, historic moments for us. Like, when people say, hey, what are, like, the biggest moments in Canadian history? We're not talking about, like, when the country began. No, we're talking, like, when Eberle tied it up late <laughs> against yeah, the exactly, Russians. We're like, yeah. no, I'm thinking more a little bit. No, yeah. no, like, no, no. That's no. the biggest thing for me. 100%. Yeah, so it's just been a great tournament. Totally um, agree. And it's such a great you know, one bad period, things like, you know, Canada, I think Russia is a dynamite team, actually. Yeah, they haven't been tested real, you know, really yet. Yeah, but I think this Canadian team, uh, you know, I don't want to curse it, but yeah. this is a really, really good, solid team. They don't really have, I wouldn't say a breakout superstar, even though I think a guy like Byram, I think is going to be an yeah. excellent NHLer, and mm-hmm. a lot of these guys are, but they don't have, like, that top, top guy, but they just have... A whole team of awesome really players. players. Are, they, are all their forwards first round? Picks? Every single forward Every on the team one. is a first round NHL draft <laughs> That's choice. Insane. Every yeah. defenseman, I think, except for one or two. Yeah. And and their goal and like their goalie was a junior A goalie, wasn't he? he yeah, he, he played went, in Carlton Place. Yeah, played in the same league right. that I did. Yeah. yeah, he was awesome. Uh, he he. Uh, I think he led the team. I think he led Carlton Place to a national championship that yeah. year. Was MVP of the league. Had a dynamite World Junior A challenge. 
So yeah, shout out uh, CJHL. I love to see, uh, and even uh, Jack Quinn, who's on the team. Yeah, he he, also he grew up in the Ottawa Valley like me, so trailblazed for another kid. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Just just trailblazed. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah, man, laid the foundation for all these guys, even though they're a thousand times better than me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's um, amazing stories. One of my favorite stories so far has been the German team. I mean, they show up with half a team. COVID hit them. Insane. They're all in quarantine. They they have to play their first game with fourteen skaters i think insane and of course like they lose 16 to 2 to canada but they still played the game the right way yep. um they took their lumps they knew they knew exactly what they were getting into there yep. was they knew it was going to be a double digit loss yeah but um just the way they handled themselves and then the way they came back the next night and then the way they improved and then all of a sudden they're in the quarterfinals oh, totally and almost won the quarterfinal game and i mean like yeah that Stutzel, he's he's going to be a star. Oh, yeah. He might be the best player in the tournament. So last year, my dad and I were fortunate enough, and my brother, we were in Czech Republic. We got to go to a couple of the games nice. and uh, before I had to go back for, for the second half of the season. And last year around Christmas time, if you remember, no one was really talking about this Stutzel guy or yeah. even that Peterka guy. And I remember we went to a German-USA game, and we watched, and I remember my dad and I were – we were watching because at that point they were just giving the tickets away. That like, yeah. you know, as you know, European tournaments, whatever. We go and watch this game, and the U.S. had a pretty good team last year, a really highly touted team. Yeah, and we watched this German team, and Stutzel was wearing a cage. No one really knew who this guy was, mm-hmm. and almost in the first like four shifts, my dad and I were like, "Who is that guy?" Like he was just so hungry. He was playing that pro game, like. I mean, if he was playing in the, I think the top German league at the time, yeah, we were just like, years wow. old. and he was without a doubt the best player in the tournament. Yeah, I thought last year. Yeah, wow. You know, especially in that game, like yeah, he yeah. was miles ahead of like you know first round picks, and you know fast forward like a month later, the rest of the hockey world, you know, I think Bob McKenzie's rankings came out had him like at fourth overall. Right. We were like, yeah, we called it. You we know, like, that it's not that hard to see, but yeah, yeah. And then this year, he's the, what he was able to do, and. I think Ottawa really got a nice pick. I know that yeah. Ottawa is a little disappointed with with their their positions in the lottery, yeah. but I think they're going to have a very good pick in him. Hey, I, th- I think Ottawa did some great stuff in the offseason yeah. as well. They got some stability in nets. Hopefully Murray stays healthy. Yes. Like, Ottawa's a team on the rise. I like Drake, Batherson, of course. Yeah, so, yeah. they've got. They've, yeah, he's a great kid too. I was able yeah, to see Shabbat. Yes, yeah, Shabbat, obviously yes. a stud. Yeah. So you need. They've got guys they can build around. Yep. And I think uh, Kachuk the, too. I think yeah, he's only going to get exactly. better. He's yeah. only going to get better. The future's bright in Ottawa. Yeah, man. Yeah, so World Juniors, we got semifinals coming up tomorrow. We'll be up uh, in the middle of the night to watch them. Maybe. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, so we got uh, Russia, fin- uh, Russia, Canada, and Finland, U.S. Who's uh, who's going to go to the finals and who's going to take it home? Ooh, I mean, at this point now, both teams or all four teams are just so good. Um, and like we said, one bad period could could win, would make or break your tournament. Yeah. But I actually, I really like the U.S. this year. Um, I like their decor. It looks like a team that's bought in. This is just an older team. A lot yep. of guys have been here before. I think they realize what it takes to win. So, But, again, Finland just is a team that can hang in there. They got a couple really good players that I don't think have played probably up to their caliber quite yet. Yeah. Um, so they can have a breakout scary. game. They're a scary team. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, But if I have to pick a team, I think I'm going to go with the U.S. The U.S. just to knock off Finland. Hopefully, uh, if Knight can have a big game. Um, I think that'll be the big test, but, and then, yeah, to flip over to Canada, Russia, 
I mean, we talked about Canada and how dominant they are. I think they were the heavyweight favorite coming in, mm-hmm. but I know I've watched Russia now play a few games. They have a really, really good first line. Yep. Their goalie is awesome. Uh, they got a couple good defensemen. They're flying under the radar, too. Yeah, and Scary. they play like the old Soviet style <laughs> where they just have the puck the whole game. So, yeah, yeah I think you got to be careful. And if Canada, you, you know, you could probably get away with a couple mistakes and you know, against some of these other teams that you've played mm-hmm. against. But against a team like Russia, you make one mistake, they're going to make you pay. Yeah. So I think it'll be, uh, it'll be really tight. I, I agree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict the Canada-U.S. final. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if, um, I don't know if it's going to go to overtime. But if Canada and the U.S. make it to the final, it's probably going to be the game of the tournament. And, uh, yeah, two teams that are definitely equally built and and veteran teams returning players and all of that so yeah so uh very interesting to see hopefully uh hopefully canada can take it home uh this you know a lot of people back home watching the world juniors would be uh happy to see that uh we're all over here in asia doing the same thing uh, we support uh, the canadian junior team as we always do um and jesse like honestly i want to i want to thank you for for coming to Hong Kong, man, and uh, improving things with the with the junior program, uh, and uh, I wish you nothing but the best with with the CIHL and your new job. Hopefully, uh, you'll be around for a few years, and uh, I'd like to thank your family as well, uh, military family. You guys, thank you for your service to the country. Um, it means a lot to a lot of people. You know, my grandfather's a veteran, and you know we've all got veterans in our family. So thank you and your right. family for all of that. And thanks for coming in and talking hockey with me. I have a feeling we're going to be doing this again. Yeah, well, hey, listen, I love to talk about it. Like I said, it's way easier to talk about it than play it. But, uh, no, you've got a great thing going here, man, and uh, keep it up. And, uh, no, this is fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all right. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Uh, That was Across the Pond, and that's a wrap. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our amazing sponsors, the China Hockey Group, AccessoryHouseGlobal.com, Yardley Brothers Beer, Wheel Hub Asia, The Big Bite Restaurant, Sunset Studio and Print House Limited. And a giant thank you to my producer, Andy Zombathy, who makes us sound great week in and week out. And of course, Mr. Paul McLean, who makes everything happen here at the studio. Folks, check out our website at acrossthepondhk.com. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at acrossthepondhk.com.